Hey there, I'm Christopher Schoenwald, and welcome to Life as a... A show intently focused on helping people find their professional pathway by exploring and unearthing the details of jobs from around the world. Finding your dream job. How do you go about that? You know, hopefully you've been kind of listening to this program, then that's been helping you out. But I will acknowledge the fact that, of course, there's this whole other professional realm filled with individuals out there that specialize in getting people to where they want to go, professionally speaking. Now, this job that I'm referring to, naturally, is that of a career strategist. On this episode, I've got a great guest lined up to break it all down for us. You'll hear how she helps some of her clients get positioned to land these dream jobs, you know, by way of tactical sort of approaches, getting resumes ready, prepping for interviews. But then also there's this whole other level of support that she provides that, you know, might surprise you a little bit. Beyond that, we get into some of the challenges, some of the rewards, and we also go a little bit deep on some other points about, you know, for example, helping people out who at times have these structural issues that they're railing against in trying to land these jobs. You know, things like racism. We also touch on things related to the future, such as AI and technology. You know, the effect or impact that could potentially have on one, finding a job, and two, keeping that job. So all up, I think this is going to be a great conversation for you to tune into. You know, whether you're interested in becoming a career strategist, whether you're looking for a job, or whether you're just simply curious about exploring a different world, I certainly encourage you to tune into this one. So let me more formally introduce the guests and we'll jump right into it. Trisha Sudermier is an action-centered career strategist and consultant supporting mid-career professionals on their career transition and professional development journeys. And she has over a decade in HR and diversity, equity, and inclusion experience and has a strong passion for helping people find fulfillment in their work. Not only that, Trisha is also a published author, an international speaker, and an alumna of the University of Texas at Arlington, where she earned her degree in advertising and also Simmons University, where she earned a master's degree in communication management. Now, she currently resides in Dallas, Texas, but works with clients all over the world. Here's my conversation with Trisha Sidemir. So yeah, hey, how are you doing? Welcome to the program. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? Yeah, fantastic. I mean, I'm really excited for this talk. You know, as we were speaking in the pre-recording, actually, I'm about 75 episodes in here on Life As A, and I have yet to have a career strategist on. How crazy is that? So, I mean... (laughs) We're well overdue, and uh, for that reason alone, I'm really excited for this conversation. Me too. I think that's that's kind of interesting that you haven't, and so I'm excited to be that person and kind of shed some light into that space. So let's get into it. All right. Well, I have the first segment lined up, something called Coloring Wikipedia. And my listeners know it's a segment where I just try to add some zest to some otherwise dry definitions or explanations of careers or industries. And I did uh, look for a career strategist because I see that's what you know you professionally go by. But unfortunately, Wikipedia does not have an entry for that. So I did kind of have to, yeah, work around that a little bit here. And I, I just went with career counseling. And, I, and broadly speaking, I think we can make this work. So let me just read that off for you. And uh, maybe afterwards you can comment. Does sound all right? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Career counseling. Career counseling is a type of advice giving and support provided by career counselors to their clients to help the clients manage their journey through life, learning, and work changes. 
And this includes career exploration, making career choices, managing career changes, lifelong career development, and dealing with other career-related issues. The role of practitioners involves the combining of giving advice on their topic of expertise with counseling techniques that support clients in making complex decisions and facing difficult situations. Always these Wikipedia definitions are a mouthful. But uh, first thing, <laughs> what do you think? That's, yeah, that I would say that that is pretty spot on in terms of the work and a little bit of the how. What I would maybe add to it is, you know, there's there's different spaces where you might be a career counselor or career strategist. Sometimes you're working like within a team with, you know, maybe at like a university or something like that. Um, and so for, mm -hmm. you know, that particular definition, that would absolutely be spot on. But in in my case where I am an independent and I work for myself, I think one of the things that they don't include in that maybe the business aspect of yeah. coaching and then having your, your own practice and your own shop, because that adds, you know, an additional six or seven <laughs> to, you know, <laughs> business because your finance, marketing, your content, your all of those things. And, um, yeah, so that would be the the other thing that I would add to that that definition. Mm, yeah, I like that. That's a really good point. I mean, that, that, that's one that makes sense when you hear it in the moment, but it's one that you wouldn't necessarily consider, I think, when you're examining this. And I think a lot of people would just look at this profession and automatically assume that it's working, say, for a university or it's working for some sort of educational institution. But obviously, I mean, there, there's that whole other line of work that that you're doing, which I think is really, you know, interesting for listeners who might be considering this line of work themselves, but also just those who are curious and kind of learn a little bit more of, you know, how life yeah. works and, and how people find careers and whatnot. So well, getting back to the definition, was there anything that you de-emphasize perhaps? No, I wouldn't say that I would de-emphasize anything particularly. I think uh, maybe what it doesn't call out so much is the client coach strategist partnership. You know, while I am a strategist and I do all of those things, I help you get, you know, to these points of clarity. Um, we put together roadmaps. We focus on different areas of opportunity so that you can move that needle. It doesn't happen without the client and the client being able to do the work and being consistent and following up where they need to. Um, so I would maybe call out or shed a little bit of light on of the role. Um, and then what I would emphasize on the other side of that is the support aspect. And, you know, a smidge about this in the pre-recording, just around how sometimes transitioning from, you know, one industry or one type of career to the next can be lots of things. It can be emotional. It can be stressful. Um, if it's like a layoff situation, it can be extremely, you know, vulnerable and chaotic and the support piece, at least, you know, speaking from, from my experience as a coach and the engagement and interactions that I have with my clients, the emotional piece and the support piece, the encouragement piece and, you know, motivational piece would be something that, you know, you see it in the job description and it's like, yeah, they provide me support, but you know, going through it with an actual client and kind of seeing them on their journey, 
the support piece is is a big part of yeah. it. You know, it's two parts. We have the the support piece, the kind of that gentle push, kind of keeping you going, and then you have more of the the tactical piece, which is you know, is your resume good? Are you doing well in interviews? How are you responding? What does your job search look like? So I, w- I would say, you know, that's kind of what the split looks like from there. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's 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 often the point that these definitions say within Wikipedia are these sort of nuts and bolts perspectives of these professions. It's always missing that element. And when you were describing that, that one side of it, the support piece, I mean, I, I had notions of like empathy, you know, in terms of skill sets that that you're bringing to this and you're helping people through, you know, and that that's it's such a critical element to, to what you're doing there. Obviously, like those those moments in people's lives can be can be challenging to say the least, and uh, people are quite vulnerable in those moments, and yeah, they're they're going to need somebody to lean on a little bit to to not only provide some strategy, but what you were explaining right there in terms of some of the services that this profession you know demands. So. I do want to shift over into this other new segment that I'm introducing to the program called a day in the life segment. And, uh, you know, maybe you could shed some light on, you know, what it is you do. You, you wake up, you get ready, you get going and, uh, and, you know, throw the day in and how you close the day out. I mean, sure, sure that each day is going to be a little bit different, but uh, generally speaking, maybe you could uh, give the listeners a bit of an overview on this. Yes. So as a career strategist, I am very much someone, a person of process and structure. And so I have, you know, time bucketed out for different things every single day of the week. So Monday is typically my admin day, my research day, my day to, you know, uh, respond to emails. If I'm going to be, you know, if I have any speaking engagements, any podcasts or anything like that coming up, I will do all of that stuff on Monday. Tuesdays, you know, I I have my YouTube channel, so I put out different content or I write different guides, trainings. I'll usually knock that stuff out on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday is usually when I do my client prep because I take clients on Thursdays and Fridays. So if it is tightening up resumes, making sure that, you know, I'm all set and good to go with any clients that I have. And then, like I said, Thursday and Friday is typically when I, I have most of my my clients, and I'll usually end with my end of the week recap, where I look at like all of my like my business analytics and look at the numbers and the data, see what that's saying, and where I maybe need to make some tweaks and changes. And then, you know, I I really do try to keep some sort of schedule. You know, um, I mentioned the business side of being a career coach. It's very easy to have it be your entire life. And I can say that because I was working seven days a week and that's all that I thought about. But now, you know, I'm I'm in my own period of growth, have learned that I, I also need to make sure that I'm taking time to serve myself, refresh, spend time with my fantastic husband and my nieces and nephews. So I will usually on Friday, you know, kind of do my end of the week recap, see where things are and I will try not to work on the weekends, but if I have one or two things that I need to take care of, let's say I, it's coming up on a Monday, if it was a speaking engagement or something like that, then I'll get that taken care of and start the week all over again. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I like that point of structure. You know, I think that that's something that is helpful to a lot of people, especially youth who are, you know, considering these things, whether it's being a career strategist, whether it's being something else. I mean, that element of structuring your day, structuring your week in such ways that are going to set you up for success and allow you to, to execute is so critical. It's absolutely critical. 
but also like that point of, you know, structuring in this notion of like, okay, this is my time. This is for me now to kind of personally recharge and refresh. So I'm able to do this all over again consistently the next week and the next week and the next week, right? I mean, it's such a critical element to it. Well, maybe we could jump on over into another segment, a pathway segment. And this one is aimed to illustrate just how sometimes random, I would say. And then also sometimes too, I mean, there's an element of drive and motivation where people have and they end up in their careers because of this step in the process or that step in the process or this introduction to this person, whatever it might be. But oftentimes, at least in my experience on this program, is it's never this straight line. People don't beeline to where they've ended up. And you would know this probably better than most. So I'm really curious to hear a bit about your backstory and how you ended up where you are right now. Maybe you could share that with the listeners. You know, I did a little bit of bouncing around before, I mean, well before I got into to coaching. So I was an event planner. I did marketing strategies. Um, and didn't really, you know, love any of that wholly. And then I found myself in learning and development and HR. And so that's kind of the thing. If I were to call out or pinpoint anything that kind of steered me in a certain direction was my background in HR. So I was specifically working in the early talent space. So like campus recruiting, working with universities and things like that on hiring and just had so many conversations with so many candidates and was noticing that a lot of them didn't feel confident in the direction and the actions that they were taking in their careers. And so around that same time, I was also having conversations with my friends who are at this point mid-career and kind of like, okay, I'm stuck. I've been doing this for a while. This is not it. (laughs) But now I have responsibilities and things and like, what do I do? Uh, And so I decided I was going to try to do something to help. And so I created what was, and it started out as a guide, but then ended up being the book that I published. I'm sick of this shit to kind of help people wrap their heads around their thoughts and kind of have that internal conversation with themselves around, okay, I know I'm not where I want to be. I'm frustrated by something. In short, I'm sick of this shit. How do we get you unstuck? And so um, after, you know, I published my book, I had a lot more people that were reaching out for me to help them with their resumes, for me to help them, you know, with their interviews and like, okay, I worked through the book and I know I'm clear on, you know, what I'm sick of and kind of where I want to go. Is there anything else that you offer to help me? And so I was like, you know, absolutely, sure, let's do this. And so it just kind of grew from there. And I, I think part of what I've I've done, which has been really interesting, is just kind of followed what I'm being asked. So, you know, at first when I started, I was just doing resumes. And then I dabbled into group coaching because I had a group that was like, hey, maybe you should just coach us all together. And then to where I am now in terms of the different types of offerings that I have and how I work with clients, all of that has been built off of, you know, hey, this is this is where I need 
need help. This is where, you know, I'm stuck. And so I try to really help answer those questions. But yeah, that's been that's been the path forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. And a couple of things that stood out to me. I mean, one was, I guess, this curiosity, you know, a sense of curiosity of, in others and like what's holding them back? How can I help, you know, and, and, and starting there. And then also, too, the other thing that stood out to me was this notion of how, like, I, I think some people might entertain the notion of, like, if they're interested in getting into something, that they have to offer all of these services all at once. Everything, you know, full menu, which, you know, sometimes it can work. But in most cases, I mean, that, that's a bit of a recipe for disaster, I would think, you know, and getting back to the point of structuring things, it can be overwhelming, everything else. And the way you just sort of laid it out was things naturally evolved. You started with offering this particular service. And then from there, others were asking more of you, well, can you do this? Can you do this? And things naturally evolve. And that's how sometimes, or oftentimes, businesses will evolve and, and, and people themselves professionally will sort of like develop these different sort of offerings to the market. And I think that was a really valuable point that you shared there too. And uh, yeah, really, really helpful to others. Thank you. I would also say on the other side of that is, you know, if you are listening and you know, kind of deciding what you want to do, what you want to offer is also being confident in saying, no, this is not a space that I, I want to be in, or I don't think that's necessarily a fit. I would say an educated, you know, a well thought out no, because like I tell my clients, you don't want to just have your blinders on so hard that you're missing opportunities in your peripheral. But also, you know, I think with growth and as you come to learn better about your business, what your offer, who it is that you're trying to serve and provide the most impact for, then that kind of helps you with, okay, this is something that I think I, I would want to move forward with. And no, or not right now, this isn't a good good fit for my background, skill set, business, XYZ. Yeah, great points. Great points. You know, in reflecting on what you have been doing and everything else associated with it, in terms of your personality, you, what elements would you say now were probably a great fit for this line of work, you know, and what you do and how you serve people? Yeah, that is a very good question. <laughs> and I always joke because when I was growing up, the only thing that I would get in trouble for in school was talking too much. <laughs> and now have free license to talk. Yeah, about. yeah. <laughs> so I would say that's definitely been a good fit. And, you know, I would say I'm a very warm person. I'm a caring person. And that has also served very well in coaching. You know, I don't think that I've had any two clients that are exactly the same. And so my ability to empathize and to listen and understand, you know, who they are as people and who they want to be, what kind of career that they're looking for without, you know, kind of imposing what I think they could be great at or, you know, what it should look like because of X, Y, Z or societal norms. I, I would say that I, I do a pretty good job of just kind of sitting back and like doing that listening. Because that's how we're going to be able to work better together and, you know, yeah. uncover some of those hidden gems to be able to really create a roadmap that, one, I can help support them through, but two, that they feel comfortable, you know, in taking those steps because it is a consistency and a commitment thing. And so I always want to make sure that I'm setting them up for, for success. Well, why don't we slide on into this next thing? I'm going to Q&A discovery. We can kind of just continue this back and forth. 
And I have this first question lined up, a bit of a fun one, I think at least. And, uh, you know, maybe we could, we could explore this a little bit here. You know, when I was researching for this talk, I went over to your LinkedIn profile and I saw, you know, a handful of hashtags under your profile there. And I was thinking here, I could read these off a bit of a rapid fire, and maybe you could comment on some of these things in, in terms of what they stand for, what you stand for as related to, to what these, uh, these hashtags are. And uh, yeah, we could go from there. Does that sound all right? Sounds good. All right. So the first one here, hashtag careers. I mean, that one's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Uh, spend a hell of a lot of time talking about careers, what they look like, what you want them to look like. Sometimes what are the downsides, you know, in career, career building, career trajectory, planning, all of those things, you know, it centers around career and professional development. Mindset. Ooh, mindset. This one, (laughs) (laughs) it's a big one. And I think, you know, it's sometimes factor that is discounted, you know, because if you're going to make a change and because I work with a lot of clients that are looking to transition, we can put together all of the plans, but the mindset has got to be right. And that looks, I mean, it can look so many different ways from, you know, just having an open mindset to what are the opportunities and options that are available out there for you, having an open mind to, you know, seeing your gifts and your talents and understanding, you know, the value that you bring to the table. It could be a shift in negative mindset, you know, things that are closed off to you that are acting as roadblocks, preventing you from getting to the next step. So mindset is is one that I am passionate about. And, and I think it's extremely important for anyone, not just, you know, from a career perspective to be able to see some of the growth that they want to. Yeah. I'll go with one more here. Fulfilled life. Oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> is definitely my favorite. I think people should live a life of fulfillment. And I think where it intersects with career is, I I can't remember exactly what the statistic is, but we spend about 75% of our time in our life at work. We might as well, you know, try to get as close as we can to doing something that you find fulfillment from, like how you spend your time, your energy, because that's time that you're not spending with other things that are really important to you in your life, your family, your hobbies, you know, all of those other things. And so, if we can find a nice cross section between career and living a life of fulfillment, I'm a happy girl. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I love that. I love that sentiment. And really quickly, I mean, that's the whole focus of this podcast. I mean, life as a, because I firmly believe as well. I mean, like the, these two worlds, like sometimes people can separate them, at least mentally, like these two silos. Okay, here's my professional career and here's my life. But in reality, I mean, the, the two are so deeply blended together, right? Like what happens to people within their lives if they're not happy professionally speaking, like that stuff is going to seep into their daily life in their relationships with their friends, their family, everything, right? Absolutely everything. So if you don't have, say, that professional side set up in such a way that it is, you know, going to be helping you derive levels of satisfaction, you are going to suffer personally as well. I mean, it's really tough, I think, to compartmentalize 100% like those two worlds. They, they, they just blend too deeply together. So I love that. I love what you're saying. 
if you can get to a point where you're otherwise, you know, you feel like your time and your background, your experience is going towards something, you're making yeah. some kind of impact and whatever kind of career that it is, I, I think it's very possible. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I have this other question here and I see on your website that you do have this personal mantra, you know, a trademarked, I do believe, which underscores much of the sentiment here that we're talking about. Maybe you could share that really quickly with listeners. So control alt delete is not only the name of my business, but yes, it is a personal mantra and it stands for take control of your future, alter your mindset and delete all doubt. And that's pretty much my approach to coaching. It is kind of the process that I take my clients through when we are working together. And it's, yeah, it's a big, a big driver for how I like to operate just as an individual. And so that's what that means. So I understand that much of the the inspiration behind Control Alt Elite was, again, as you just mentioned, to help others. And you do address issues of career frustration, life-work balance, professional growth, uh, building financial independence, and confidence. Now, this could be a bit of a tricky question, but in, in, in your experience, your, your opinion as well, could you dis- distill this down? Like what, what prevents people from achieving a lot of these things? Is there, is there something, one thing that always or consistently stands out to you that, that really gets in the way of people hitting on a lot of these milestones? I wouldn't say that it's just one thing. There's absolutely recurring themes or trends that I see. Sometimes it's a combination of, you know, a few. So, you know, you kind of have to work through them individually. But if I were to call out a couple of themes that I see a lot, one would be lack of confidence, lack of clarity. I would say lack of clarity is probably a bigger one, followed by lack of confidence, not understanding or being aware of what your areas of opportunity are, which I think would tie back to clarity. So yeah, I would say that those are probably the three that I see. And if I were to say that I see one more than the other, it's often clarity, but it's not clarity on its own. It's usually coupled with something else. Right, right. Well, how do you go about circumventing those issues or or helping others, you know, with that issue of clarity? Maybe you could give some concrete examples really quickly. Yeah, you know, I think the way that I approach it each and every time is like I mentioned just a minute ago, that there there takes that listening and that understanding and just kind of letting someone almost word vomit it all out and get all of the puzzle pieces out on the table. And then we can start kind of crafting a plan from there. And, you know, also in doing that listening, like I mentioned, I never want to kind of impose or tell someone what they should be doing. But I I would say one of the things that I enjoy about being a career strategist and a coach is being able to kind of pick out some of those gems that they are not aware that could go into their, I call it a career toolkit, their career toolkit that they can use to shape or impact their professional or career journey. And so I would say that's usually the first thing that I would do. Another thing that I've been using, I would say for the last uh, a little over a year are different types of assessments. So, you know, Myers-Briggs and things like that, those could also be very 
eye-opening. And so I, I'm someone who works a lot and talks a lot about finding your data points to help you craft a plan. And so I get those by, you know, listening, taking a lot of notes, sometimes using those skill assessments and um, really just having a very open time of exploration so that you continue to gather those data points and then make a decision that you feel comfortable and confident around. And then you just kind of take it from there. The plan continues to grow and evolve as you kind of gain that momentum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really like that. I mean, I, I think at times maybe people might assume that it's like instructing, like this is what you need to do, this, this, and this. But what you were saying, at least what you know, I was taking away from some of that was that you're, you're, you're almost guiding. You're, you're collecting all this information for people and then putting it on the table and saying, well, you know, here's an opportunity here based on perhaps your skill sets, based on what you've already accomplished. Maybe this is a direction we could go. Maybe this is a way that's going to help you stand out and you know, hit some of these milestones that you're, you're, you're hoping to achieve. That's definitely part of it. And then, you know, from the more tactical steps, like I said, what you include on a resume, how you respond in interviews, how you utilize networking in a career search or career transition, you know, there's kind of a a process and an order for all of those. And so that's kind of where after we've done this period of exploration and kind of brain dumping, data dumping and all of that, then we kind of switch and say, okay, now we have a North Star where we have a destination or, you know, a place that we're trying to journey towards, this is how you set yourself up to be successful based on, you know, my years of HR experience. I've got this other question here. Maybe it kind of, it's probably a nice one to segue into based off the conversation we're having right now. And I'd imagine it connects up with what we were just speaking of. And it's this notion of professional branding. And I understand this is something that you speak on when you do go to to conferences or elsewhere. This is something that you do hold a passion towards. And maybe you could, uh, you know, share that a little bit more with listeners, what that means, you know, why it's so critically important for people to to engage with. Yeah, personal branding could be very powerful. You know, it's how you publicly represent yourself, you know, the way I speak to it, of course, is from a professional standpoint, it's your professional personal brand. What are you about? What is your background? Where do you bring, you know, that certain level of expertise to the table and how you can connect with other people to uncover additional opportunities for yourself? And, you know, my personal brand kind of kind of fell together kind of organically. And I would say the first time I really paid any attention to it was getting involved on LinkedIn. And I was posting about my work, which I loved, was going to campus, talking to different candidates, you know, uh, doing the behind the scenes on like interview days and just kind of detailing, you know, what my life was as, as a campus recruiter. And that's, what I became kind of known for. And then once I started getting job inquiries, like, hey, I know that you're the person to go to for this thing. Then I started to gradually build onto it and be a little bit more intentional around what it looked like, making sure that I was highlighting, you know, different skills or different things that I wanted to maybe get more experience around or get more, more exposure around. And so when I'm talking to my clients and I'm like, okay, so how are you using your your personal brand, your professional brand? 
And they're like, oh, I don't have a LinkedIn page. And I'm like, you know, so what if you got your stuff together and created this place, this space that was uniquely you, that was open and available to speak to people 24 hours a day? You're sleeping, people are getting to know you, and someone runs across your page and wants to get in touch with you because they're like, this person is the person to do this job. Now there's a potential conversation that's happening. Um, The same thing with, you know, like networking and connecting with other people that are like-minded or, you know, have different opinions or perspectives on things that you're interested in. All of those things can be tied into your branding. So one, your branding is working for you. And two, you are, you know, surrounding yourself with different people and conversations that are of personal interest to you. And I think that's what kind of keeps work interesting. You know, it's like, hey, this is something that I want to talk about all the time. And I want to talk to people who want to talk about it. So, you know, that's some of the ways that your personal brand can be used to your benefit. And it can open a lot of doors for you if you are intentional about it and you kind of put in that time and energy. And, you know, it it doesn't always have to be, you know, when people think of professional development, I know people think it's a little bit boring and a little stale, (laughs) but I always tell people, you know, to bring their personalities to it. There's only going to be one of you who has that personality and background and experience. And so show up with that in, you know, a professional way and have a little bit of fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Great points there. Great points. And, you know, as you're, you're speaking about this, I would, you know, thinking about a few different memes I've seen, you know, on LinkedIn per se, you know, for that one in particular, where, you know, LinkedIn itself has its own language in a way of how you communicate who you are, what you do. And these memes, sometimes, you know, you could be a taxi driver, for example, and no disrespect to that profession, but I mean, like, whatever it might be, but the words and the language that are used to describe the, the jobs, the responsibilities, the duties on a platform LinkedIn, like LinkedIn are really critically important. I mean, it's humorous at times, but also, I mean, there is a degree of truth to it. I mean, you, you do kind of have to sell yourself. You do have to like speak the language that's going to resonate with others. And I think, you know, this is this notion of personal branding and doing it, but it's also how you do it. And I'd imagine too, like that's where somebody like yourself, a career strategist can come in and like really clean things up for people and help them position themselves to stand out and, uh, you know, to, to, to appear as attractive as they, they might possibly be. So I do have this other question here. And, you know, part of this podcast is all about being genuine and authentic. And we've already spoken to this point, too, of like the professional realms kind of blending with with life, with life and living. And I understand from your background, you know, you've worked with Fortune 500 companies, you have experience in university recruiting, as you've already mentioned, and also diversity and inclusion. And it's this last point that I kind of want to key in on right now. You know, for as advanced as markets have become around the world, there are still elements that, you know, are holding people back and through no fault of their own, I might add, you know, in, in particular, black, brown, any other type of minority, and understandably so, can become frustrated, disillusioned, upset with a lot of these issues, namely being like systematic racism that's preventing them from reaching the heights that they should be hitting. So here's the question for you, and I know it's a bit of a serious one here, but what is your advice to people when you're, you're speaking with people that are experiencing these issues? Like, how do you help them, one, I guess, you know, 
get through these moments to stay in a, a frame of mind where they can still move their careers forward, but then also to try to like, how do they circumvent some of these issues? Like what, what would you advise to people when, when these issues come up? Yeah, that's, that is a very good one. And one that, you know, I, I have experience with and the kind of maybe a weird response is I tell them not to take it so personally And I know that sounds wild and bizarre because it's like, I, this is who I am. How could I not take it personally? But, you know, it's rooted in ignorance. It is not a a thing that you did. I didn't go into a paint store and was like, that shade of brown is going to do it today. That's not how that happened. And so it really is rooted very much so in ignorance. And unfortunately, we're still in a space where a lot of people are experiencing this. And to that, you know, I encourage them to lean on their communities and not, you know, hold it in and to kind of let it fester. You know, if there are people that you can share what's going on or where that frustration is, that's where, you know, the the strength in numbers and the camaraderie of your community are going to come in super, super, super helpful to kind of help you process and make sure that you are continuing to to show up as yourself. You are no less amazing. You're you're still have a lot to offer. And it is it's not personal. You you just you have to know that and you know stand firmly in your confidence in terms of who you are because it is a personal attack. I mean, that's we rooted in nothing just based on differences. And it's like if you got, you know, the opportunity to learn about this group of people or learn about, you know, some of their talents and things that make them truly amazing and brilliant, maybe you wouldn't feel that way. So, you know, reserve those gifts and talents for spaces and areas where they do want to be inclusive. They do want what you have to offer and what you bring to the table. Yeah, yeah. Such critical sort of elements there. I mean, if you focus in on those points, and it must be certainly like incredibly difficult not to at certain points, you know, the frustration levels and everything else. Yeah. But as you said, I mean, if you are, if you get stuck in that sort of that frame of mind, then it's unfortunately going to hold you back, right? It's going to hold you back from from reaching those heights. And there are going to be other opportunities out there. And, uh, and trying to find those, I guess, would be, you know, the steps that that somebody would need to take in, in that situation. So yeah. But I've also come across folks that are frustrated because they are seeing it happen and maybe they are not part of, you know, the minority group. And what I would say is, you know, to feel empowered to advocate, to speak up when, you know, you see things that are happening and then they shouldn't be, you know, as long as it's as safe as possible, but to speak up for some of those other groups and There is a book by this woman. She's fantastic. Her name is Amber Cabral, and it's called um, Allies and Advocates. And that is a really great resource if anyone wants to read up on what it looks like. How do you be a champion? How do you support more inclusive spaces? So I didn't want to forget that. (laughs) Yeah, excellent. No, I'm glad you threw that in there. Yeah, 100 percent. I do have this one last question in this segment. And, uh, you know, in, in terms of the work that you do, when I was deeply considering a lot of this right now, or in preparing and right now as well, you know, it must be wholly rewarding to see somebody that you've worked with coming in, maybe having some rough ideas of where they'd like to take their career or their, their, their dream job or where they'd like to end up. And you working with them, 
holding their hand through this process and actually seeing them hit that, you know, hit that milestone. What is that like for you? I mean, I imagine like that is what you're doing it for, right? Is that. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, my, my cheeks are warm just kind of thinking about it. It really is the most wonderful thing. You know, I I love to see my clients win and those wins could look different. Sometimes it's landing a job. Sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, I finally figured out the direction that I want to go into and they're excited. And then to see them you know, making those strides and seeing the traction and then seeing them continue to grow in your career. I've been a coach now for about five years. And so some of my OG clients, you know, I see where they are and like, I just, I beam, I'm so proud of them. I continue to celebrate and champion them whenever I can. It is extremely rewarding and one of my very favorite things about the job. Yeah, it would have to be, right? I was just thinking, I mean, it would have to be. You're, you're, you're changing people's life trajectories, you know what I mean? Like, I was just speaking that point about like how professional lives and personal lives blend together. Obviously, you can see that, say, within like the financial elements of maybe, you know, leveling up and what that offers, what that affords for people in their lives, what they can do with that, you know, whether it's housing, whether it's sending their kids to, to school or different type of school. I mean, it really, really affects people's lives in such a major way that, yeah, sharing a part of that or having any role within that must be incredibly you know, rewarding. My absolute favorite thing, it makes me so happy. And I'm always down to celebrate when strides are happening yeah. and when you're moving on your way. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Let's move on into this water cooler story segment, kind of a middle segment here. And this is, you know, a story. I, I usually ask guests and indulge listeners with a story related to the profession. I'd love to hear what you have for us today. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I mentioned that I published this book called I'm Sick of This Shit. And I would say the process took about 15, 16 months from when I started it to when it was ready to come out. And I was at a speaking engagement, actually, in a a local high school in Dallas, and I had been waiting for the box. I knew that the box was on its way, but was actually expecting it to come on Saturday. And this was a Friday. And I got home and my husband was like, there's a box for you by the front door. And I was like, oh, my God, it's my box. I freaked out. I mean, I ripped the box open. I was like trying to get it open. And then it was just at one point I stopped, I was looking at the box and it was just that little piece of bubble wrap between me and the books. And I took the bubble wrap off and I picked up a book and I just started crying. I was in tears. I just sat there for maybe two or three minutes and just like, I was shaking and crying and It was just like a very special moment because it was like, this is what you've been working on for such a long time. You had no idea on any part of the book publishing process, got through that, and here you are now. And I would say something that's extremely special about that moment is, you know, since the book has been published, I'll sometimes have folks that reach out to me saying, oh, you know, I just finished the book and this is what I took away from it, or this was the aha moment. And it's like I get to go back to that special moment 
And I get that little jolt of excitement because it's like, okay, I get to be now a part of their journey moving in the direction that they want to take their life in. And it, it just is special every single time. And my book has been out for about five years now, and it has not gotten old every single time, you know, someone reaches out about the book. It is just as exciting and thrilling as the very first time I held my books. And ooh, I'm getting a little emotional now. <laughs> <laughs> well, rightfully so. Rightfully so. I can see that being, you know, a, a moment for anyone. I mean, it's, it's symbolic of so many different things, you know, your own personal struggles and getting through that process that you just spoke about, you know, like, not knowing anything about publishing and probably that being a bit of an intimidating sort of look, at least initially, and then moving through that process, putting the works together, collecting all these ideas. And then also too, to have, you know, the, the reactions from people, not just probably when it came out, but then, you know, this trickle down effect where it's still coming in and people still, you know, mentioning this or that of how it's helping them, how it's guiding them. So I can see like these several different levels of fulfillment being, you know, checked you know, all the way through here. So yeah, yeah, rightfully so. You should be celebrating that. I love that it's a moment that I get this over and over again. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that one. We are heading into the last segment. I can't believe we're, we're just blowing through this conversation here. A crystal ball segment. As the name implies, we're looking towards the future, trans prediction, so on and so forth. And I mean, the elephant in the room right now certainly has got to be like chat GPT, the rise of AI. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a bit of a but for a topic that's kind of polarizing, like a lot of people within the career space are a little bit unnerved by it. You know, some are like, oh, my job, my job, what's going to happen to it? And then you have this other segment of, of this group, I suppose, that are kind of thrilled or excited by it because they see it as a tool that they can really leverage to stand out, perhaps to advance their own careers. And it, it, it's that group and that idea that I kind of want to focus on here right now is, is how, how do you see this tool being something that, you know, workers themselves can leverage for, you know, their, their professional success? So, you know, I think the very first thing that they would need to do is just get an understanding of what exactly it is. A lot of people, you know, they're hearing about it and not really sure what it is. And so they're kind of afraid, especially when you start attaching it to this thing is going to take my job away. Like nobody wants to hear that. So, you know, the very first thing would be just educating yourself on the different uses and how it applies to your industry. I would definitely not want people to feel afraid of it. You know, it is another piece of technology and we've seen some of the amazing opportunities that technology has been able to create and ways that it's been able to advance us, you know, as a, as a society. So I don't want anyone to be afraid of it. But on top of understanding what it is, is understanding your role or where it is that you want to go and understanding how that fits and then start building the muscle around that. Because if it is something that takes off and is sweeping, you know, they're going to need people that are kind of subject matter experts and how do we adapt and kind of change and grow with this new piece of technology. And that will help you stand out because it's something new. People are still kind of getting used to it. People are still uncovering different use cases for it. So you can be now part of that driving force that is changing, you know, the way that something is done in a particular space. So that would be my my recommendation. I'm still learning about it myself. And, you know, there's coaches that are using it in 
in different ways. And, you know, I hope it's technology that'll continue to be used for good and in the right ways. So that will be, it'll be interesting to kind of see how it continues to be used going forward. Yeah, yeah. I like all those points that you raised there. And I think for me, at least when I when I consider this, I, I see technology in the sense of like when it's introduced, it needs guidance, you know, the technology itself, like how we're going to use it. And then not only that, what in what ways could we use it? And, and the technology itself isn't just going to come in and take over. Like there's going to be people that are guiding it along, right? And in, despite it being AI, it's not going to take over the world. It's not going to like destroy us you know, tomorrow, right? It, it's going to need some guidance on, okay, we want to leverage its capabilities in this area. And it could be useful in this area. And I think if people approach it in that sense, like how can I work with it? How can I you know, leverage the, the inherent strengths of what this, this technology offers and kind of pair it up with my job? And that's, that's where the opportunity lies, at least the way I see it. And I think you know, within the context of this conversation, we are speaking about you know, the, the, the language, I suppose, of how you're promoting yourself. Maybe this might be one concrete example just off the top of my head that, you know, like, something like ChatGPT could probably scrape the net and come up with all these fancy ways of describing, you know, what the taxi driver does, yeah. <laughs> you know, like whatever profession is. So I'm certainly not picking on taxi drivers. I'm just, I don't know, it's just popping in my head, but like whatever the line of work is, is they can dress it up, you know, and then you can kind of pick and choose. You're not copying the entire thing. You're taking elements and then you're seeing how that could fit you and your personality and what you represent. And it's this picking and choosing where it's, saving you time and coming up with all these different suggestions, but then you have to make it fit. You have to tailor it. And I think that's, that's one area anyway, but. I've seen dabbling with it around, you know, resumes and cover letters to kind of help them clean it up. And I, I think that's a, a great use case for it. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. All right. Well, I mean, this conversation, we've just blown through it. I mean, I've really, really enjoyed all your insightful takes. and It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed all of this. So thank you so much. You're most welcome. Thank you for having me. For those interested in learning more about Trisha and her work, you can check her out at her website. She also has several different social channels that she's involved on, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And for reference, all of this information will be included in the show notes. I mean, if you like today's show, please be sure to share. It goes a long ways. You can also rate, review, and subscribe wherever you access your podcasts. And also head on over to YouTube. In the last year, I did launch a channel over there. I'm trying to grow that out a little bit. You know, it needs a bit of love. So if you do go over there, please, please, please hit that subscribe button. And then finally, don't forget to tune into the next episode of Life as a, where we'll continue to explore and unearth the details of professions and the people behind them. I'm your host, Christopher Schoenwald. Until next time, stay curious about life and living. Thank you.